Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. We're starting where my brother Jonathan, Pastor John, left off on Wednesday. He always does a fine job. Galatians 5.1. It's a fascinating book, and remember Paul is, is dealing with these new believers, really. But they're now part of the new covenant. People who have accepted Jesus, and, and they're Gentiles for the most part. And he's talking to them. Look at this. He says, so Christ has truly set us free, right? Scripture explains Scripture. Scripture says, he that the Son is set free is free indeed, right? Other Scriptures back that up. He says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Now, let me just add to that. Remember the law, Scripture says the letter of the law kills. Scripture says that. Because you can't live up to it. You can't live up. It's humanly impossible to live up to all, everything that the law has, has, has set out there in the Old Covenant. So you say, well, why did God do that? God set it out there to show that only righteousness comes through faith and only righteousness can come through Jesus, right? But even before the law, Abraham found that he was right with God because he believed God. So he was made right with God 400 years before the law, all right? Then the law came and people said, well, the law is going to make me righteous. Well, the law just points out your sin. All right. Now, here's what people do. And I've seen American Christians do this. Say, well, we're going to we're going to do certain Jewish things. And, and that's fine. But honestly, if you're going to try and fulfill part of the law, then you're being held accountable for all of the law. And you can't do that. I mean, it's humanly impossible. Scripture talks about it. It just points out your sin. So. Now, the Apostle Paul is telling these folks, says, make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. He's leading somewhere. People get stuck there. Here's what's interesting. Here's what I've heard. I don't know for a fact. I've gotten this from reputable godly sources. But supposedly, even rabbis now will tell people, do not read Isaiah 53. Now, Isaiah 53, if you're familiar with that, it's an amazing, detailed prophecy about Jesus. And they know historically that that's, it has to be talking about Jesus, so they want to ignore it. They want to be stuck to the law. And I'm telling you right now, even with everything that Israel is going through, God's going to have a purpose in it for them because they are his people. He will never forget them. Scripture says he will never forget them, and one day they will honor Jesus as Lord. Most Jews do not. Most say, well, he was a prophet, but he was crazy. He said he was God in the flesh, you know. But they know where he was born. They'll tell you he was born in Bethlehem. They know he existed. They know he was crucified. But here, I'm telling you, these folks are stuck on the law, and they, they're looking at, they're, they're skipping Isaiah 53. Eric and I have talked about that before. They don't, they don't want to read Isaiah 53. It sounds too much like Jesus, right? And they can't be that wrong. For 2,000 years, most Jews. And it's ironic, though, because it all started with Jewish people, right? Jesus came as a Jewish person, uh, God in the flesh. And there were Jewish people that are the, they are our spiritual predecessors. They're our spiritual ancestors, right, for our spiritual legacy. But now many Jews, even today, are stuck in the law. I saw them in, I saw them in New York. 
the, the Jews with the, the long beards and the long earlocks and the black hats and they all dress the same. They're stuck in religion. God bless them. I, I treat them kindly. I honor them because they're God's people. But wow, they're stuck in the law of the do's and the don'ts. But remember, this is a long time ago. The Apostle Paul wrote this. And remember, God's word is timeless. Someone say timeless. Yeah, it's good forever. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Let's keep going. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you're counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. That's a physical procedure done on men eight, eight days after they're born. They say, man, is that going to make me right with God? Look at what he says. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. So you, you can't just pick and choose say, I'll take this part of the law, and that's, that's going to be it. For, no, if you're going you're to get into the law like that, now you're responsible for all of it. You must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. Now, rabbis and folks who have studied the Old Testament, how many, how many, I may be getting, I may be off by one. I think there are 613 principles you're supposed to obey. Is it 613 in the Old Testament? You've heard that number before. I don't think it's 614. I think it's 613. Now, is that a lot? How many, of the, how many in here write lists? Do you write to-do lists? Who does it? Let me see hands. I like surveys, right? You write to-do lists? Some of you are like, no, I just get stuff done. Praise God. I like to see it and cross it off. Because I know you're all hard workers. But I like to see it and cross it off. I do to-do to do lists. I have lists on my phone every day, reminders. I have to. I have to. Um, <laughs> there's lots of things I remember. I can tell you when the temple, the first temple was destroyed, the year, and I can tell you which king did it. I can give you all these unique and odd, some facts great, some facts useless. But at the same time, I'm absent-minded about some things. So I set reminders. I do lists. Do I care for lists? No, nah, not really, but I like crossing them off. All right? Crossing them off. So can you imagine a, a list of 613 things? I've got to do all this and make sure I'm doing all this every day or I'm not right with God. I guess most of us would have just been heathens back in the day, right? Just pagans. Say, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I mean, I, there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff in there. So many principles. You got the Ten Commandments, and you got all this, and sacrifices, and all this stuff. It was too much. One of the apostles said in the New Testament, he said, brothers, he's talking to the Jewish people. He says, you're trying to put a burden on the Gentiles that we nor our fathers, our ancestors could bear. It was unbearable. You just find yourself failing all the time, saying, man, I missed it. I, I, I had a sacrifice that I'm supposed to turn. I don't have the money for the sacrifice, right? Or I forgot, or I, I've got to do this certain thing, or I'm unclean now. I touched this. Oh, man. Look at what the apostle says. He says, I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. Boy, what a case. Let's keep going here. This helps us to walk in grace, but it helps us to not just be religious and doing do's and don'ts. For if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, wow, you've been cut off from Christ. You've fallen away from God's what? From God's grace. What is grace once again? It is God's empowerment to live and do right. It's also God's undeserved favor. 
So God's grace is on you to live right and to do right. All right, let's keep going. Once you accept Jesus, by faith, you've got God's grace on you. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith. Someone say, by faith. Not by works. You say, well, I'm going to just fulfill the law and I'm going to receive. No, we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised us. What is righteousness? It is right standing with God. Now, let's hit this again. I've brought this up many times over the years. This may be new to some of you. It's a good review. Review is always good. Abraham was made right with God, so he was made righteous by his faith in believing God and taking him at his word, right? So you now, as modern believers, you say, man, I'm, I'm not under law, I'm under grace. Well, you still have to walk in faith, right? You've got to walk in faith to believe that. And when you believe God's word, then you are right with him. You are walking in righteousness. Now, when you are right with God and you know you're right with God and you believe you're right with God and you live like you're right with God, then you are walking in holiness. Say, holiness is just a religious word for holy rollers. Well, holiness, according to Scripture, means you are different and set apart. Your conduct is Christ-like. Your conduct is like God. Okay? You guys remember those bracelets in the 90s? Some of you that were believers in the 90s? WWJD? What would Jesus do? People made some funny jokes about that. You know, yeah, come on, man, what would Jesus do? Even when they were jacked up, you know, and they were just using it for their own benefit. And that's good. What would Jesus do? I remember the bracelet, WWJD. Well, what would he do? That is walking in holiness, living like Christ. Okay? So when you're right with God and you know you're right with God and you're walking it out, that's righteousness, then you happen to have good conduct, that's holiness. If you really know you're right with God, then you're going to live like you're right with God. Okay? All right. Any questions? Figured there wouldn't be, but why not ask? But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised us. Praise God. For when we place our faith in whom? The government. Mm. Government has its perks. You say, man, is the government evil here in the United States? Well, people are evil, but the Constitution is good. Right? Man, if you look at the Constitution at face value, it's one of the greatest documents ever written apart from the Bible, in my opinion. It's talking about liberty and justice. Has America gotten all this right all the time? No, but it was, it was the hope of equality and all these right things. We've messed up a lot as a nation, but we've done a lot right as a nation. The great Constitution. Say, is the Constitution evil? Nope. But people are evil, huh? You say, man, well... I trust the government. Well, that's, that's where communism comes in. Did you know communism? That's actually one of their tenets. That's actually one of the things they push is not faith in God, faith in government. We'll take care of you. We'll give you just enough bread and butter to be happy, and we'll take care of you, or whatever they're giving. I don't know. Joseph Stalin, one time, I'm a little off subject here, but let me go ahead and say this. Joseph Stalin one time had a, a journalist or a reporter came to see him, and Joseph Stalin told him, anybody remember Joseph Stalin? One of the, the powerhouses of the communism in Russia. He said, he said, let me explain to you how this works with me as dictator. And they, he, he called for a chicken from the kitchen, a live chicken. And he got the chicken, and while he's talking to the journalist, he began to pluck the feathers out of the chicken. And the chicken's running around, you know, naked, right? All the feathers gone. 
But then he said, watch this. After I've mistreated this chicken, watch this. And he held out some grain to the chicken, and the chicken came to him. He said, look, I can treat these people however I want, and I give them just enough, and I can do what I want with them. That's their version of God. And I'm telling you, humans and things make very poor uh, substitutes for God. Like Scripture said in the Old Testament, the Lord was talking to his people. He said, call out to your gods now. You're going into captivity. You, you refuse to serve me. Call on your gods and see what they do. Your gods are going into captivity with you. <laughs> wow. So you got to place your faith in Jesus, man. Not in the government. Not in what someone has told you. People will fail you. Now, don't get me wrong. we got to have examples. you got to have people that are bright and shining lights. We've talked about that. I talked to you about that a couple weeks ago. Man, being the light, Jesus said you're the light. we got to live like it. But when it all comes down to it, we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. You do, because people fail. That's not me trying to be irresponsible, and I'm not telling you don't look at me. There was a song, I think it was in the late 90s, that the girl was singing, don't look at me, don't look at me, don't look at me. And one guy said, that's a really irresponsible song. And what she was saying, though, was keep your eyes on Jesus. I get it. Don't look at me. I think her name was, what was it, Stacy Rico? I don't know. Do you remember that song, Adrian? You don't remember that? I don't know why I remember that. It was kind of a cool song, kind of pop. Don't look at me. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You know what? I know what she means, but here's the problem is people are going to look at you. So you need to be a light. But at the same time, and this chapter is teaching balance. This book is teaching balance. We look at people. We love people. But you got to forgive people because we're going to mess up. We're going to mess up. So you got to put your faith, not in people, not in the government, not in, I'm telling you, not in other things. you got to put your faith in God. We place our faith in Christ Jesus. Someone say Christ Jesus. All right, we're on the same page. There is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. You've placed your faith in God. I don't, whether I fulfill the law or not, I mean, look, here, I, I'm pla- I've placed my faith in Jesus. He is the fulfillment of the law. What is important? Oh, this is powerful is faith expressing itself in love. So see, if my faith is condemning you, giving you a hard time, being hard to deal with all the time, hey, we'll give each other a pass, right, for bad days? But you're just always in a bad mood, and you're always mean, and you're always impatient. You're not really expressing your faith correctly, are you? There's a grace pass for days like that, weeks like that, and you're going through stuff. Man, here's the deal, though. If you're going through a situation, you still need to walk in love. It's all about faith expressing itself in love. Would you go back and let's read that? What is important is faith expressing itself in love. And that all goes back to putting your faith in Jesus. Come on, give me some examples of love. Forgiveness. Being patient. Yeah, go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? Being joyful, sure. Walking in love is, is treating others as you want to be treated. Um, not being jealous. Not being proud, treating people with pride. Walking in love is saying, well, I don't get it, and what they did is irritating, but I need to see where they came from. I need to see where they came from. I'm doing a class this Sunday night at 6 p.m. over here in the 512 room, Freedom Workshop. And I understand where people came from because God delivered me. And I've said it over and over again, but I'm going to say it again. I want those on the live stream to hear it again. God delivered me from that stuff because I was briefly 
sexually abused and I was presented with pornography as a very young kid, man, it would just show up. There was a couple relatives that kind of would tell dirty jokes and show me crazy stuff too. And just, it, it didn't help. And man, the enemy was out to destroy me, but God delivered me and I'm completely free. I've been free for years, but I, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have to completely understand someone to love them, but it sure does help when you understand where someone's coming from. Go, man, they're having a bad day because, or they're, they're struggling with that. I get it. Or man, they're, they're off. They lost a relative. They're grieving. And man, they are not themselves. I, I get it. All right. I'm not going to get everything. I'm not. But I can still walk in love, right? And some, some folks, some situations are easier to understand than others. They just are because you've been there, right? And I, I'm, I'm repeating that. But there's other times you just go, man, you know what? I don't get it. I don't understand it. But I'm going to treat them with love because they're coming from somewhere. And they're a person. And I'm going to treat them as I want to be treated. Right? That's called the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, Jesus said. Faith expressing itself in love. Someone say that with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Faith expressing itself in love. Let's say it again. Faith expressing itself in love. Faith doesn't mean much. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you're speaking in tongues and doing all this stuff, you're not walking in love. What does it even mean? I want people to tell me, and they have, and I love being able to say this. They say, man, are you bragging? No, no, I'm just saying this touches my heart because I've seen both sides of the coin. I remember being a much younger man in my late teens and someone going, I didn't know you were a Christian. I was like, ooh, I need to get right with God. I've seen that side. And then I've seen the other side of, you and your wife are so nice. Are y'all always this nice? Yeah, usually. I mean, because I've had, you know, people made mistakes at the store. One time there was a young lady that, Guess she brought out the groceries and, and she messed them all up. You know that curbside stuff? What is that one called at Streetside at Albertsons? Man, they didn't bring stuff. They brought the wrong stuff. They brought extra stuff. It was a mess. I said, I need a refund for this. Y'all charging for this? That's not, you know. And I was explaining to them and I was being nice. And the girl goes, Y'all are so nice. And I said, It always freaks me out when people say that. I go, Has someone been mean to you? And they go, oh, you'd be surprised how customers act. It's nice to have a nice customer. Well, praise God. I pray that I could be an example and a light. Hey, but everybody has off days, right? Everybody has off days. But when you put your faith in Jesus, the main thing is faith expressing itself in love. Not, not working to fulfill the law. No, it's for when we place our faith in Christ Jesus. Let's put that full verse on there again. There is no benefit in being, um, being circumcised or, or sorry, being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Wow. Look at this. Look at verse 7. He says, you are running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? Hmm. Who has held you back from following the truth? Look at this. This is, a, this is a statement for the ages. Verse 8. I'm going to wrap it up with verse 8 tonight, I believe. It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. Why would God call you, to, call you to freedom and then put you back in bondage, right? Hey, you're free from being slaves. Just kidding. You're a slave again. It was a trick. God doesn't operate like that. You're free. Just kidding. No, you're not free. Uh-uh. It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. 
Wow. Let me read verse 7 again. Let's read verse 7 and 8 again. Repetition is good. You are running the race so well, the apostle here says. Who has held you back from following the truth? And I ask people that, really, I have. Is what's going on? What is going on? Who's held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. Has God called you to freedom? That is why I'm calling this workshop this Sunday night the Freedom Workshop. Because, man, God has called you to freedom. He has. You say, man, I'm in, I'm in bondage to this or I'm addicted to that. No, he's called you to freedom. He's called you to balance and being wise. You say, well, but i got to fulfill the law. No, you operate in grace and you operate in faith and believing God and loving others, faith expressing itself through love. But at the same time, that, and we'll get into this next week. This is a preview of things to come. We'll get into that next week. But that doesn't mean you just say, i got a grace pass so I can just live like the devil, right? Or now I'm in bondage to my freedom. I'm free to do whatever, but now I'm doing stuff that is bringing me back into bondage again. I'm not doing the law. Because I've had people tell me that. Hey, brother, we're not under law. We're under grace. And I'm like, yeah, but you need to live right, bro. That's a true statement. That's scripture. I'm not under law, but I'm under grace. But you better live right and be a good example. And you, I pray you don't have my name. It, Matthew, or I'm going to make you change it, living like the devil. That's actually from somewhere in, in history. Napoleon, one of his men's, one of his, one of his men's. Sound like my grandma. My grandma Senna used to say, these men's are crazy. <laughs> I wonder if she heard that in heaven. These men's are torture, Grandma Senna said. Napoleon was talking to one of his men in his army, and I guess the guy was not doing right, and his name was Napoleon, like the grand general. And the guy said, Napoleon told the guy, he said, you better either change your ways or change your name. Good advice. Good advice. Say, I'm not, I'm not under law, I'm under grace. Uh-huh, but now you're called to be an example. You are the light. How can you be the light if you're not living for Jesus? And let me say this, and I will close with this, and this is a big, heavy statement. If someone got saved years ago and they're still living like the devil, here's my question, are they really saved? Now, that's between them and God, but Scripture says in Matthew 7, you will know them by their fruit. You're going to have off days sometimes. You're going to struggle in your areas. You say, man, I'm weak in that area, Pastor. We've all got areas of weakness. But, man, you're going to rebound. You're going to tell the Lord you're sorry. You're going to apologize to people, and you're going to do your best. You're not going to practice sin. We're going to mess up in sin sometimes. But people of God, you are not to be one who practices sin. Don't deliberately just go out, well, I'm going to go sin because I'm under grace. Man, I'll just ask for forgiveness later. Don't treat the blood of Jesus that way. For God has called us to freedom. Can I get an amen in this house? Kind of jumped ahead there a little bit. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. Let's pray together. Is there anyone in the house tonight? Anyone in the house who says, Pastor Matt, I've never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord of my life. If that is you, don't be ashamed. Now is your moment. Please raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. We will pray with you as a family. If that's you, raise your hand. Anybody in the house? Need to accept Jesus. You've never done it. All right. For those of you on the live stream, we're going to pray. If there's anyone who hears this message on the live stream, on YouTube or on Facebook, this is the prayer you pray to get right with God. Everyone in the house, pray this prayer with me so they can make peace with God. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me. I cannot save myself. Save me, Lord. I call upon the name of Jesus. 
I confess him as my Lord. And I believe he died and rose again for me. I believe, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Saving me from myself and saving me from hell. I call upon Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Now let me pray a blessing over you tonight. Father, I thank you for these these folks who love you so much. The people of God. Be with them. Strengthen them. Let your love and grace and mercy and righteousness and holiness be so evident in their lives. Lord, they love you. They don't just accidentally show up at church on a Wednesday night. I know that. They're not here because I'm cool. They're here to seek you. I know they love you. And Lord, continue to work in their lives as you work in mine and in Jen's. Thank you that you have a wonderful future planned for all of us, the book of Jeremiah says. Plans to give you hope and a future and an expected end. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your hand of blessing. May the Lord bless you, protect you, smile upon you, and be gracious to you, give you of his favor and of his perfect peace. And tonight we agree once again, Lord, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So the scripture says, say, man, I don't even understand that. You don't have to understand it. Let's just obey him. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It shows that you love God's people, God's original covenant people. We're his covenant people now too, but these are the original covenant people that led to our being able to believe and walk in faith now and have the word because of what you did through your people, Lord God, the Jewish people. So we pray for the peace of Jerusalem tonight. And Lord, have mercy on the innocent Palestinians as well. Let people be saved through this. Lord, it's a mess. But we trust you, God. We know it's been prophesied. You, you, you prophesied this thousands of years ago, but it's just hard to see it happening. And we trust you tonight. We give you glory. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.